Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First United Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m. To learn more about First United Methodist, visit us online at fumcopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at fumcopelika. Thanks for tuning in. It only took six years, but I loved the bow ties. <laughs> Uh, truthfully, I, I did contemplate wearing a regular necktie just to mess with you this morning. I do have a couple, but I decided against it. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 8. And as you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. I hear now these words from Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. It's the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, Abide with me, abide with.
hear this our prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said. In our scripture for today, Jesus hasn't got long left with his disciples. So he gathers them around for one last teaching, one final conversation. And you can feel the disciples' growing sense of panic because suddenly the wondrous abundance they had always felt around Jesus is being replaced by the terrifying sense that they don't have him for much longer. The disciples are saying, show us more, Jesus. You haven't told us enough. At the same time, Jesus is saying, I've shown you all there is. To say or to do more would simply be telling you or showing you more of what you've already seen and heard. It's as if Jesus has reached into his extensive collection of 1980s soul albums and started singing. If you don't know me by now... You will never, never, never know me. To which the disciples' only appropriate response is, Ooh. (laughs) What Jesus does is give them one last I am saying. He's given them six already, including I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection and the life, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. But now he's going to make it the perfect seven. He says, I am the true vine. Consider with me the many layers of significance and meaning that there are to that phrase. I am the true vine. Israel thought of itself as a vine or a vineyard. Jesus is saying, I am the true Israel. I am the chosen one of God through whom all the nations will find a blessing. Jesus is saying, I am the trunk. I am the core. I am the epicenter of everything God has always been doing. Jesus is saying, I am the heart of it all. Here we are, the night before Jesus is hung on a cross, And Jesus is describing himself as a tree. Surely no coincidence there. Jesus is saying, this tree is what I am. I am the love of God stretched wide to rescue, redeem, and restore not just you, but all of creation. My Father is pruning me cutting off my life to give the fruit of eternal life to the world. And the word that Jesus uses eight times in four short verses is abide. Abide in me as I abide in you. In other words, stay connected to the vine. If you want a shorthand for who I am, says Jesus, remember the vine. Because the root of the vine is Israel. The branches of the vine are the church. The grapes of the vine are abundant life. The wine which comes from the fruit is the cup of holy communion. The transformation of earthly water into heavenly wine is the work of the Holy Spirit. And the vine itself is Jesus. 
I am the true vine. It's all right here. Abide in me. Stay close to the vine. If you don't know me in the vine, you will never, never, never know me. Abide with me in the vine, and you will be at the heart of it all. The 2005 movie, The Notebook, portrays an old man reading to a woman in a nursing home. In flashback, uh, we learn the story of an unlikely romance. Noah is a country boy. Allie is from the city. And Noah doesn't have two pennies to rub together. Allie's dad has more money than God. It's the South in the 1940s. Allie's parents disapprove of the relationship and know that this can only end with their daughter heartbroken or pregnant. So Allie's family uh, goes back to Charleston, where in time she meets just the right young man and the two become engaged. Noah, on the other hand, never gets over the summer romance. Instead, uh, he puts his heart and his soul into restoring the dilapidated house where they had first embraced all those years ago. While trying on her wedding dress, uh, Allie reads about Noah's renovation project in the local paper. Out of curiosity, she drives out to see the old familiar house. You might say it's immeasurably more than all she could imagine. The romance reignites within moments of Noah and Allie laying eyes on each other. And now Allie has a decision to make. It's time for Allie to choose. And she faces a choice that will define her life. It's at this point in the movie where we understand who the old man in the nursing home is. He's Noah, 60 years later. And he's reading from a notebook. It's a notebook written by Allie at a point in her life when she realized that the disease of Alzheimer's was beginning to wrap itself around her brain. And this is where we learn what the story is really about. Every day, Noah reads the story back to Allie. And when he gets to the defining moment in the story, the moment when it's time for Allie to choose, Noah stops reading. And like a good storyteller, lets the listener do the work. He turns to Allie and says, which one did she choose? In this climactic moment, past and present coalesce, and Allie, in a flash of perception, comes to her senses. In that moment, she remembers who she is. And in that same moment, I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm telling you the story of a woman who came to her senses when she was told the story in the right way. It's an old story, but it feels new. Maybe it really is new. Do you see it now? That's what I do. I'm a preacher. That's what a preacher does. 
A preacher learns the song in your heart and sings it back to you when you forget how it goes. A preacher learns the song in God's heart and sings it to you in rhythm, in classical, in blues, in soul, in rock, and sometimes even in roll. A preacher comes to you when you're confused, when you're grieving, when you're stubborn and hard of hearing. A preacher comes to you and tells you the story again until you realize that the one in the story left with a choice is you. God is like Noah, preparing a place for you, crazy with love for you, God abides with you even when you're forgetful of who you are and you, you are like Allie, forgetful of your identity, suppressing your sadness, pretending you're acting for the best even when you have no idea what you're doing. And yet, God still comes to you. God still shows up and starts singing If you don't know me by now. And the preacher says, Allie, which one did you choose? Your eyes fill with tears and you say, God. I choose God. I chose God then, I choose God now. And whether you're experiencing Alzheimer's, combating cancer, battling bereavement, facing failure, or defeated by despair, in that moment, you come to your senses. You stretch out your hand to God and say those simple, joyful words. Abide with me. Friends, I stand before you today with only one thing left to say. They're the words my mother taught me to say when it was time to say goodbye, whether I meant them or not. Thank you for having me. I've had a lovely time. But this time it's really true. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, because after six years of abiding with you, six years of sharing a story and seeing it bring people to life, six years of being the church together, I realize that I'm not Noah. Not. I'm not the one who's been telling the story. I'm Allie. I'm the one who half remembers the defining choice of her life, the one who lapses into forgetfulness, the one who is surrounded by love but still finds a way to fall into fear, and you, 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 my colleagues on staff, you, Chancel Choir and Wesley Ringers, you, college students and confirmation students, children and youth, you, young adults and not-so-young adults, You life groupers and Sunday schoolers and book club attenders. You greeters, ushers, nursery workers and coffee pourers. You live stream watchers and podcast listeners. Even you occasionally grumpy emailers. You. You guys. You ends.
y'all. All y'all. You. You are Noah. You've been Noah all along. It's you. You've sung to me the song in God's heart. And today I'm like the disciples at the Last Supper, feeling like the glorious abundance we've shared together is about to be displaced by the fearful reality of parting. And I'm wanting to say, it's not enough. Why can't there be more? And I sense you singing, If you don't know us by now, you will never, never, never know us. Together we've seen branches grow and bear fruit. Together we've experienced the abundance of the Father's harvest. Together we've known times of pruning and the grief that comes with losing a branch and all the fruit we believe could have come from it. Together we've seen the water of life turn into the wine of eternal life. Together we've said to Jesus, abide with us. And I believe he has. I've been with you as a preacher, but I've discovered that you know the song in God's heart better than I do. And you've been singing it to me these last six years. But the thing is, there's something more important, more basic, more fundamental than being a preacher. And that's being a disciple. So I want to close this notebook today by telling you one last story. It's a story about how a preacher discovered what the vine really is and what it means to abide in Jesus. I suppose that makes it a preacher story, but it's a true story. The story is about a preacher that I know very well and some of you know well. The preacher was fresh out of seminary when the bishop appointed him to serve his very first church. It was a historic downtown county seat church in East Alabama. Like I said, I know this preacher well. In his first year on the job, he was invited to step in and one Sunday and teach the sixth grade confirmation class. The theme of the lesson that day was discipleship. So after a quick game and an icebreaker, the preacher began to read from Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. After some initial discussion of what this might mean, the preacher reached for a visual illustration pointing out that on many Sundays, the worship services begin and end with a cross-bearer carrying the cross in and out of the sanctuary. Almost immediately, one of the sixth graders raised their hand with the question, yes, what does it take to be a cross-bearer? Well, you have to be strong. I've been told the cross is heavy. And you have to carry it a long way. But most people find it gets lighter as you go because Jesus has promised to bear the burden with us. Another hand shot up. Who gets to carry the cross? Well, 
It's usually a high school student. Sometimes it's a member of the choir, because you have to be strong to be in the choir. But I suppose anyone can be invited to do it. Another hand went up in the air. Does that mean when I'm older, I'll get to carry the cross one day? I hope so. I hope you'll carry it every day of your life. One more hand went up. One final question. What about you, Patrick? Will you ever get to carry the cross? Maybe I will. Maybe one day I will. I came here as a preacher. But you, you have made me a disciple. Thank you.